All right, so are you ready for this? Are you ready for this message? Let's do this because this is one of the more important teachings that I have done in my less than a year of leading this church. Uh, this will be one of the more important teachings I'll have given you. And um, I, I don't want to, I don't want to overpromise. I don't want to sim- oversimplify and I don't want to underdeliver. but I'm just telling you right now, this is a game changer. What I'm about to share with you will change your life if you will hear and receive this, not as a word from Josh, but as a word from God for you. So make that commitment and open your heart up for the word of God right now. This is going to do more for you probably in the long run than just about anything. And I'm just being honest, this is absolutely a game changer, changer and, it's going to, and it's going to bless you. And I know it sounds like I'm overselling this. And in a day where we're at, where everybody's overselling and making promises that they can't deliver on, this is God's word and God is faithful. And this isn't Josh making a promise. This is God's promise to you through his word and God always delivers in Jesus' name. All right. So you've probably learned this, but I'm going to say it. We are definitely going through this right now. But everything in life that is worthwhile is hard. Everything in life that is worthwhile is harder than even expected. And we have learned this. Anything that is worthwhile is hard. It is a challenge. It is difficult. It's harder than expected. How many of us um, watching and listening, how many of you have gone after something worthwhile? Let me see a hand emoji or maybe just actually raise your hand today. Um, we've all gone through something that is worthwhile, pr- approached and pursued something. Maybe it was a marriage or a relationship. Maybe it was a career. Maybe it was an education. Maybe it was a number of different things, finances. You know, we've all gone through, gone through something and we've all discovered that anything that is really worthwhile is harder than expected. You thought it was one thing, it ended up being another. Ended up being much harder, much more difficult than what was expected. You went after it and you're like, oh, I'm gonna crush it. I'm gonna knock it out of the park. And next thing you know, man, I'm striking out. This is tough. This is not easy. What am I supposed to do about this? And there are a lot of things that are harder than expected. Marriage can really be like that Um, because it's worthwhile, harder than expected. Megan and I got married, she was 19, I was 21. I mean, we were right out of high school and college and just, I mean, it's unheard of in today's culture to get married that young. And we learned in that first year that it's harder. Adulting is hard. Being an adult and growing up is hard, harder than expected. And we're, we're so thankful for the valuable lessons we learned in that first year. And we pushed through, but we understood it was a difficult thing and it's hard. And sometimes, you know, it's hard to get a job. Now it's harder to keep a job, uh, hard to start a business, harder to keep that business run. A lot of things are hard. Harder than expected, more than we realized, and it was more difficult than we thought. A lot of people paying off debt uh, realize it's harder than expected. A lot of people parenting and a lot of people budgeting and all these things end up being harder than expected, and it's because they're worthwhile. It's something that is worth it in this life. It happens, it happens in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, here we go. So we thought 2020. It's going to be the best year we've ever had. Everybody's talking about their 2020 vision and everybody was preaching on best year yet and it's going to be your best life. And then wham! Did you like that? Wham! Tried to go for it there. All of a sudden, we're quarantined. Virus out of nowhere hits. Got people sick. 30 million jobs lost. We are stuck at home in this pandemic. All of this going on harder 
than expected. Just slammed into us. All of these things going on. And I'm just looking at this going like, are you kidding me? And that's why we're starting this series. Not today, Satan. Because we've gone through it. This has been tough. This has been harder than we ever thought possible. You know, somebody say that with me. Say, not today, Satan. Say it with a little attitude. Show me some attitude today. Uh, I know people who were serious about their fitness starting in the beginning of the year, their health, and they were losing weight and dieting and getting things right. And next thing you know, they're quarantined and they're snacking and they're just, I mean, hard, hard. I'd tell you to say not today, Satan, but you're probably eating something right now. Oh, all right. That was mean. Lord, I apologize. See, God, God's still working on me, y'all. It's how this works. There are things in life that were harder than expected. And you need the truth of what I'm about to share over the next two weeks. And what is that thing, Pastor Josh? What are you talking about? So that we can put the enemy in his place and say, not today, Satan. I'll tell you what it is. It's spiritual toughness. It's a spiritual grit. And I know the word grit is not something you hear unless you're going to Cracker Barrel. Spiritual grit. What is spiritual grit? Y'all need to tell your Facebook friends right now, y'all need this spiritual grit. Well, what is spiritual grit, Pastor Josh? I'll tell you, I've got a working definition for you. And you find this all throughout scripture and we're going to talk about it. So here's my definition you can write down. Spiritual grit is a strength backed by the encouragement and endurance of Jesus. And it it is exactly what you and I need right here, right now. It's what will uh, transform you. It's what will help you overcome this ridiculous, crazy season that we're in. And track with me, this is not going to be the last time you and I go through something difficult. This is not going to be the only time or the last time we go through something hard. This, what I'm talking about today, is going to help you for today, but also for tomorrow. It's going to help you for the time after that, and the time after that, and the time after that. This will do a lot to change your life. You and I need this spiritual grit. We need this strength that comes from the encouragement and endurance of Jesus Christ, what he took on, what he overcame through this word of God. It'll change our life, and that's how powerful this is. When you look up scripture, encouragement is all throughout the word of God. Endurance is all throughout the word of God. And you've got scripture all over the place uh, illustrating encouragement. You, you see it uh, listed as don't be afraid, don't be discouraged, don't be deceived, don't lose heart, don't lose faith. See things as God sees them. See through a divine hope. All throughout the Bible, we're familiar with that. We're aware of that. You've been sharing that on Facebook already. Um, you've, got in, you've got endurance. It's listed as perseverance. Be steadfast. Stay faithful. Uh, stand firm. Don't don't give up. Don't quit. Keep climbing. Endure to the end. Finish well. Win that race. That's also all over Scripture, all throughout the Bible. It's a Bible filled with this spiritual grit, this toughness, this ability to overcome and fight through even the most difficult of situations and scenarios that no matter what we go through, God is for us, God is with us, and we can endure. This is something that we all need. We all need this right now. It'll change your life. Look at how Jesus walked through this himself. Hebrews chapter 12, Bible says this. We'll read verses uh, 1, the second half of verse 1 and verse 2. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with, what does he say? endurance. Let's run with endurance, that race that is set before us, looking to who? Jesus. Jesus, the founder and perfecter 
of our faith. Jesus, because this is all about Jesus. Everything is about Jesus. If you are going to have a breakthrough, if you are going to overcome, if you're going to find faith, hope, strength, guess who it's going to come through? Jesus. It's going to all come through Jesus. This church exists because of Jesus. You're home watching this service right now because of who? Jesus. So we should be exalting and lifting up the name of Jesus. The hope of anything getting better, the hope of anything changing and transforming in your life, in your family, in your marriage, during this pandemic and after this pandemic, it is all because of Jesus. And the scripture goes on in verse two, who for the joy that was set before him endured. What did he endure? We just preached on this the last couple weeks over Easter. The cross. Listen, for the joy set before him, for what this encouragement set in front of him, the joy and the hope that was set in front of him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Listen, Jesus himself had encouragement and had endurance, and that is what enabled him to walk through and, and overcome that cross. And it's what helped him to rise from the dead. And, and I really want to give you this picture today. I don't know if this is helpful, but it's helpful to me. I'm a visual learner, so I like to draw. So, you know, sharing is caring, y'all. So sharing is caring. I'm going to share and I'm going to draw this out. So that way you can understand. If you are taking notes, keep taking notes. But this is where we're going to start off with. So follow me to the whiteboard. And we start right here. We understand this. This is what we started with. That things in life are often harder than expected. Things are often harder than expected. And, and I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but the cross for Jesus was harder than he expected. It wasn't easy for him. You think he just came to earth and he, he handled it like a boss? Yeah, he overcame and won victory, but it was, Scripture's very clear about this. I mean, here you have Jesus from, from eternity past. He, he, is, he is known as our Redeemer from, from Old Testament all the way through. He's going to be the Redeemer, but yet he still had to come to earth in a physical form, laying aside all of his godly glory and take on this fragile human being suit that I call it and live life as a human being in this limited body for 33 years. And at the age of 33 now, he's going to go to the cross. And, and before he goes to the cross, where does he stop first? He stops in a garden of Gethsemane. And the Bible says that in that garden, he did something significant. He prayed. But during that time of prayer, it was so intense, so strenuous on his body, he was actually sweating drops of blood. Do you understand how serious that is? He's wrestling with this. Drops of blood. This is harder than he thought. And he's wrestling with this saying, Father, if there's any way that this can pass on, if there's another method, if there's another plan, if there's another uh, process, anything that we can do other than this, I mean, he's about to be emotionally wrecked. He's about to be betrayed by his friends. He's about to be uh, physically tortured. All of this going on, and he's about to be crucified. And, he, and I mean, no thank you, right? But yet here he is, and Scripture shows us that this was harder than expected. And he ends up saying, nevertheless, it's not my will, but yours. And, and of course, he goes through with it. And if, um, by the way, when Jesus tells us to take up our cross and come follow him, that's going to be harder than expected also. You think it's going to always be easy? You think it's always just going to be simple? 
No, following Jesus means that you're going to have to make tough calls. You're going to have to leave old lives behind. You may even have to leave people behind. There are tough calls, harder than expected things. Whenever Jesus says, take up your cross, yeah, he's going to lead you to that victory, but it's not always going to be easy. And so here we have Jesus. He's in the garden. Um, What did the Father give him? What did the Holy Spirit give him? The Holy Spirit and the Father. I'm going to write this down. So follow me over the whiteboard again. They gave him encouragement. They gave him encouragement. The Holy Spirit, the Heavenly Father, gave him encouragement through this time of prayer, through this process. They were taking care of him. He was encouraged. They were pouring strength into him. They were pouring courage into him. You know, and here's Jesus saying, I know this is difficult right now. It's harder than I thought it'd be right now. Hebrews says, Hebrews says though, but for the joy, I'm going to write this down, for the joy and hope that was set before him. The joy and the hope that was set before him. This is where God is encouraging him. In other words, what God is telling Jesus at this time is, hey Jesus, I know this is harder than you think it is. It's harder than expected. But listen, I need you to trust me and look past the problem and look past the pain onto the other side of what's about to happen. I know it's hard. Harder than you ever thought imaginable. Harder than you thought possible. But if you can with me for just a moment, if you can look past the, the inconvenience and Look past the pain and past the issue to the joy and the hope of what is on the other side of this. There's a miracle waiting. There's a promise here from God about this. And he's saying, you've got to learn to see past these problems. You've got to, for us, we've got to learn to see past the pandemic. We've got to see what God, he's, he's up to something. He's working here. And if you could see through the eyes of faith what God is about to do in your life, in this country, over this world, once we get through this, don't you realize, see through the eyes of faith for just a moment and understand that God is at work here. I know he is. His word tells me he is. And so for Jesus, God says, listen, for the joy and hope, you've got to understand that on the other side of all this pain, Jesus, is resurrection, is new life. So think of all the people in this world that we love that are lost right now, Jesus. Think of all the people who are in sin and defeated and facing an eternity in hell. If you will go through this, Jesus, then on the other side of that, you bring victory, resurrection, and new life to every single one of those people. You bring a new hope and a new joy into their life. And Jesus, encouraged by that, says, you know what? For them, I can endure the cross. For them, I can finish this. For them, I can do this. This is so Also, listen, have you ever thought about this? Have you ever thought about this? That we talk about the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. For all of time, they've been united, except for this one moment in this distinct, you know, separation here. They've always been together until this moment right here, until Jesus comes to earth until he's here to set us free. They've always been together. And Jesus said, I and my Father were one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. They've always been together, but for this one distinct moment. And so now the Holy Spirit is speaking to him, listen, you go through this, we get, you, we get reunited once again. <laughs> and then we get to set people free. This is how this works. And Jesus says, I can do, endure the cross for that. I can do it for them because I love them. I can do it for that. So listen, If you can't get past the hard stuff, 
if you can't look past the problem and to see the breakthrough and the promise and the miracle and what God wants to do, if you can't look past the inconvenience and you can't look past the pain, if you can't do that, then you'll never get what Jesus did. And what Jesus was able to do was this. He went from this to this. Jesus was able to endure and overcome. You'll never, if you can't see past the pain, you'll never be able to endure. You'll never be able to overcome. That's, that's the promise that God's given us. You've got to be able to endure and have, have that joy and hope, and you've got to be able to see through to the other side of this, and you've got to see as God sees. And I want to remind you once again that the Holy Spirit, God was not caught off guard by what we're going through. It wasn't like God's up in heaven and, oh my goodness, I can't believe this took place. Absolutely not. Well, Pastor Josh, did God send this virus to judge America and judge the world for its sin? No. Are you kidding me? Why would God have sent Jesus to defeat and kill this virus and bring us healing only to 2,000 years later send it back again? That makes no sense. It's nonsense. I, I don't even want to go there. But I will tell you this. God is sovereign. God is over all. And what that tells me is that God has a plan. God has a great plan. God is not a God of death. He is not a God of sickness. He is, he is a God of life and hope and joy and victory and faith. And that is who he is. And that is what he's doing. He's at work. And so if you and I can begin to see through the lens of faith, through this word, through joy, through hope, through his encouragement. Listen, this is why prayer is so significant right now. Prayer is how God speaks through this word and through prayers, how God speaks and encourages you, gives you that encouragement. I know a lot of people worried about food. And again, I said earlier, I'm thankful for the churches passing out food. We're doing our part. Everybody's doing their part. People worried about food and what they're going to have. What did Jesus say about food? Remember when Jesus was teaching and he had 5,000 people, it was more like 25,000 people and his disciples were like, Jesus, we got to send these folks home. They're panicky. They're freaking out. We don't have any food for them. They're going to starve. This is going to be a mess. And all they saw was the problem, the inconvenience. They saw the mess. They saw all of the issues and all the impossibilities. What did Jesus do? He prayed. And then he saw the possibility through faith in God. And he fed over 20,000. The Bible records 5,000, but it was over almost 25,000 people that he fed that day in a miraculous way. Because all things are possible through them who believe. Now, what does Satan major in? What is Satan known for? I'll tell you. He is known for discouragement. He's the father of lies. His whole goal is to discourage you. And, and he's not operating through joy. He's operating through what? Fear. He's not operating through hope. He's operating through hopelessness. That's his whole goal, is to keep you discouraged, is to keep you looking down, is to keep you focused on all the struggle and everything that's hard and everything that's difficult and, and everything that's not going to work out. And what he wants to do is he wants, you to, he wants to fill you with that hopelessness so that you're thinking, I'm never going to escape this. 
We're never going to get back to life as normal. I'm going to have to live with a mask or I'm going to have to live, you know, uh, receiving handouts from the government for the rest of my life. My business is going to go over. I'm always going to be afraid. I'm never going to get to go to a concert or a public game or a basketball game or a sports event ever again. I'm never going to get to see the light of day like we did before. It's always going to be this issue. And let me tell you something. Anytime you stay afraid, anytime you stay afraid, constant fear, constant discouragement, Satan's winning. He's winning. He's defeating you, he's keeping you oppressed, he's keeping you down, and he's winning, and, he, and, he's, and he's destroying us. And, this is, and this, the reality is this, it's not easy. It's difficult right now, and we understand that. And we've all got places in our life where it's harder than we ever thought it would be, and Satan right now is trying his best to get our eyes down here. Instead of our eyes up here, he's trying to get, us, get our eyes down here, because if he can keep your eyes down here on the discouragement, this is what he does. If he keeps your eyes down here, he can end you. He can get you to quit. He can get, he can get you to stop confessing the word of God. He can get you to pr stop praying. He can keep you out of God's will, being effectively used by God in any way possible. And so God is after us going to say, hey, listen, I need you to keep looking up. Satan's trying to keep you looking down. Encouragement is the way out of this. Do you see this? encouragement is a way out of this and you've got to be listen encouragement is so powerful I have been in, I have been encouraged I was in Megan and I were encouraged just by the blessing in our sanctuary of all the the signs and posters and quotes we're so blessed by that I've been blessed and encouraged all throughout my life when I was in my early early uh, you know or late teens early 20s going through Bible college dirt poor had nothing had no food my roommate ate all the pop tarts they weren't even really pop tarts they were like off-brand pop tarts they were like pastry treats or something and they were you know they only half covered them in the frosting because they were so poorly made and he even ate the last one of those and so we got nothing and out of nowhere I would get a letter in the mail from a lady who I, I knew but didn't really know with a check of 200 bucks and her encouraging me saying I, I believe in you that God has called you that one day you're going to be preaching and pastoring and leading and I just want you to know I'm praying for you and I think you're going to make it and, and I'm like 200 bucks as a college kid I'm like dude we're rich I'm going to Applebee's we're going to we're going to crush some appetizers on this food but on this meal but I'm like, all throughout my life, I see people who have encouraged me and breathed that life back into me and get me focused on the fact that there is a joy and a hope. Stop looking at your current circumstance and thinking that's all there is. Stop looking at the current circumstance and the problem and the pain and, the pro and all, the, all of the, uh, the pandemic and everything we're going through, and that's all you can see. No, look past that through the eyes of faith and understand that God is at work here. That God has a greater plan, and if I trust him, he's going to get me through this, and we're going to overcome. And listen, and I want to emphasize this for a second. If God is asking you to do something, you got to do it. you got to do it. Do not hesitate. Do not wait. If he's asking you to do something, you do it. But just because he asks you to do something doesn't mean it's always going to work out just perfectly. It doesn't mean everything's going to fall into place at the perfect time, at the perfect moment, at the perfect situation. All the bills are always going to pay, be paid at the perfect moment, at the perfect time. No, there is going to be a fight. And again, everything that is worthwhile is harder than expected. And you've got to be up for that fight. You've got to be up to saying, hey, you know what? Not today, Satan. I'm going to fight this because I am encouraged through the joy of the Lord and the hope I have in Jesus Christ. This is how we overcome. And that's what gave Jesus this, his power to endure. And that's what gives you and I the power to endure is that encouragement. You see it all throughout Scripture. Let's look at look, uh, Romans chapter four, uh, 15, verses 4 and 5. 
For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance, there's that word, that endurance taught in the scriptures and the what? The encouragement. I can't hear you. The what? Pastor Josh, there's nobody in here. This room is filled with people. You just can't see it. The encouragement that they provide might have hope. This is all over the word. May the God who gives, this is so great, the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you that same attitude and mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. Now listen, I don't have all this in context here. There's more context to this scripture, but it's not out of context to say that the one who gives encouragement and the one who gives hope is God. The one who gives me that hope, the one who gives me that encouragement, the one who helps me to endure, that is absolutely God. And, and if you go to God, he's the one who releases it into your life. And by the way, when God gives this to you, he doesn't, he doesn't just drop it in you, it grows in you. Oh, I know you didn't like that part. You didn't want to hear that. It grows in you. It's not like God just zaps you all of a sudden from heaven and he's like, you've got it. And now all of a sudden you're out, you're out and about and you're like, I got no problems. Listen, don't, don't be that guy. Don't, don't pretend to have a perfect life right now. We all know everybody has gone through something difficult through the last month and a half or so. Loss, sickness, job, uh, you know, imp- impatience, uh, all kinds of mess. Some of us worse than others, but we've all gone through something difficult. Don't be that guy that pretends that everything's right. You know, don't let the quarantine make you a weirdo. All right, don't do that. Or some of you don't let it make you even more of a weirdo. Again, God's working on me. I'm sorry. What? See, and I just blew a kiss at you. I, Josh, calm down. Of course we have problems. Of course we do. It's just now we have encouragement because of God's word helping us through faith to see further than we can see. And remember, God sees beyond what we're able to see. He sees on the other side of that problem and that pain and this pandemic. And he sees what we're capable of and what he wants to do in and through our lives. And so we need to trust him and get into his presence and pray. And so we can, we can do what he's called us to do and get through this in Jesus' name. I'm going to spend probably the next 10 minutes or so talking about a couple specific things. I've been talking about encouragement and I've been talking about endurance. So what I'm going to take is I'm going to take probably the next 10 minutes. I'm going to talk about encouragement and I'm going to focus on Jesus and the Apostle Peter. Next week during our, our hopefully live service at 11, I'm going to talk about endurance and I'm going to deal with Jesus and the Apostle Paul. But we're going to look at Jesus and Peter right now and see how this applied into Peter's life and how Jesus encouraged him. So while we do, when we get into this, I'm gonna go through three things specifically. You need to write these down or they're on your notes if you're on the online campus. Number one is this, Um, God's calling is harder than expected. Write it down because it's truth. God's calling is harder than expected. Number Number two, you need to know that prayer is more powerful than expected. Prayer is much more powerful than expected. Now, if there was just a number one, we'd all be in trouble, but thankfully there's a number two. There's good news. Prayer is more powerful than expected. Number three, God gives more encouragement than expected. God gives more encouragement than expected, and we're going to see how all of these worked through Peter's life in a story with him and Jesus and how they interacted and how this applies in your and and my life right now. So I'll pick it up. So Jesus was teaching to a crowd and um, he was in a boat with his disciples and Peter was there and Peter was a fisherman. So he was doing what fishermen do and he was fishing. And just like one of our ushers here, David Bradshaw, Peter wasn't catching any fish. 
Oh, that was a sick burn, right? He wasn't catching any fish that day. And so he calls out to Jesus. Jesus calls, sees what's going on. And Jesus says, hey, listen, listen Peter, take the, take, the, take the net and cast it on the other side. And, and you're going to catch all these fish. He catches all this fish, this massive load, almost sinks the boat. And he comes to shore and they're celebrating all the fish. And Jesus says, hey, listen, I'm calling you to, I'm calling you to follow me. No longer are you to fish for fish. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. What, a, what a, an amazing illustration uh, and a way to present this to uh, Peter. And he says, you're going to be a fisher of men. By the way, if you are a follower of Jesus, excuse me for touching my face, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have been called to be a fisher of men also. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What does it mean to be a fisher of men? That sounds a little bit crazy. What it means is this. I just touched my face again. Now I'm self-conscious. It means this that since you are a, a follower of Jesus, the most important thing you can do in this life is to not make money, it's to not get a great job or get a great education, it's to find people who need Jesus and be that light to them and bring real people into a real relationship with Jesus. And Jesus is telling Peter, this is who you're called to be now, and he's telling you and I, that's who we are called to be now. That's awesome, that's exciting. We are called to be fishers of men. I know I don't say this a lot, but the moment you become a follower of Jesus, it's like you become this secret ninja super agent for God Almighty, helping to bring people into the kingdom of God. And this is what's crazy. You are paid to do that wherever you work. They're paying you to be a fisher of men. So whether you have a job working at a multi-million dollar company or you're a lawyer, you're a doctor, you're in the hospital medical field, or whether you are not employed at all right now, whether the government says you're essential or non-essential, God says everybody's essential if you're a follower of mine and I'm gonna use you to be a fisher of men. So you could be a stay-at-home mom and God says, listen, I'm gonna use you where you're at to help bring people into the kingdom of God and I'm gonna put people in your life on purpose so that you can share that light, share that love, Love of Jesus Christ and bring people to me. And so Jesus tells Peter, this is who you're called to be now. And Peter's like, yes, I'm all about this calling, Jesus. I will follow you. I will serve you. I'll do whatever it takes. And then he realizes this is going to be a lot more difficult than I thought. This calling is going to come with some complications because then he hears Jesus talk about going to the cross. And he talks about him you know, the resurrection and the complications with this. And now Peter's going, whoa, whoa, this is going to be a lot tougher than I thought. And so now one day Jesus is talking to Peter and he says, and he starts to share with what's about to happen. And he says, Peter, I'm, I'm, about, to go, I'm about to go through one of the most difficult things in my life. And when I go through this, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter's like, dude, no way. Dude is in the Bible. Don't look it up. Just take my word for it. He says, no way, Jesus, am I going to deny you? He denies that he'll deny him. And Jesus says, yeah, it's going to happen. And Peter, he's like, no, I would never do that. And, and, and Jesus is like, it's absolutely going to happen. And, and then he goes on to, to tell him how, it's going to, how this is going to play out. Because again, most worthwhile things, following Jesus, that call of God on our life, are harder than expected. And Peter discovers this. So this is what he says exactly in Luke chapter 22. We'll read verses 31, 32 out of Good News Version. Then the Lord said, Simon Sider, Simon, Simon, when he told me he would deny me, he said, Simon, Simon, which is Peter, Peter, listen, Satan has demanded to have you and apostles for himself. He wants to take him out. He wants to separate you from me as a farmer separates wheat from husks. 
And this is then follow what Jesus said next, because this could have been the end of the conversation, but thankfully it wasn't. Jesus is about to breathe encouragement into Peter's life. But Peter, I want you to know, I have what? Prayed for you. Prayed for you. Now I want to pause right there, because I know things are hard right now for a lot of people in a lot of different ways. Some of you, your life was hard before this pandemic, and it had just, this pandemic has just piled on. Some of us, it's brought out in us fears and frustrations that we had thought were gone for a long time or thought we had conquered. Some of us are dealing with a lot of difficult things. And this is what Jesus is speaking to Peter, and now he's speaking it to you. Jesus is praying for you. Jesus is praying for you. Jesus is on your side. He, Jesus isn't like, oh, um, you know what, Peter? I, I want to see you trip. I want to see you fail. I want to see you blow it. I want to see you mess up. No, he prayed for Peter, and this is what he prayed. I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. So, so listen, this tells me something already. I can't always help from falling. I'm not perfect, but Jesus will keep me from failing. Somebody say, praise the Lord. I can't stop from falling. I am not a perfect person, but Jesus will help keep me from failing. And this is what Jesus is speaking to Peter. I get that you'll fall. I get that you'll deny me. I get that you'll screw this up, but I am not going to let you fail. And then he goes on to say, so when you recover, and he's already speaking hope into him, when you recover, by the way, Peter, you're going to fail, but good news, you'll recover. And when you've recovered, strengthen the other disciples. In other words, encourage everybody else. Take that encouragement that I gave you from overcoming that failure and rise up and encourage somebody else. Encourage the people that are around you. So Jesus is speaking encouragement into Peter before Peter even had a chance to see it. Before he had a chance to even live this. And so listen, Satan is out to attack and discourage you. Out to attack and discourage me. And, and I understand you and I are experiencing things in our lifetime that no, many others in their lifetimes have never experienced. And things are harder than expected. And, and maybe you're talking about it. Maybe you are. I don't know. Maybe you're not talking about it. Maybe you are. But I know that a lot of people right now, there is this underlying discouragement that they're filtering everything through. They're, there's a constant influence of negative news. There's a constant influence of negative thoughts. All these things going on, and it's harder than we think. And then we tie that to the call of God on our life, and it's harder than we think. And what happens is, is pretty soon, pretty soon, if you're not careful, this discouragement, this fear, this hopelessness, it consumes you. It consumes your thoughts. It consumes your life. And you disqualify your own self from being used by God. God, didn't, God doesn't disqualify you. You disqualified yourself. You pulled yourself out because of the fear and the torment and the discouragement. And next thing you know, you're out of it. You're out of it. But Jesus says, Jesus says, Peter, I have prayed for you because prayer is more powerful than expected. I have prayed for you. Prayer is more powerful than what? Than what is expected. Jesus said, I've taken on this and I've prayed for you. And by the way, did you see what Jesus prayed? We read it, but did you notice what Jesus prayed? Did, did Jesus pray, Father, make everything easy for Peter for the rest of his life? Take all the problems away. Take all the suffering. Take all the issues, all of the insecurities, all of it. Take it all away and just help him live the best life he can possibly live. If I was, at, if I, had, if I could have Jesus pray anything over me, that's probably what I'd choose. Like Jesus, I need you to pray like 
super awesome, easy life for Josh. Maybe some, you know, some superpowers. That'd be cool. You can do that, right? No, that's not what Jesus prayed for Peter. What did he pray? He prayed, he prayed, I prayed for you that your faith would not fail. I prayed that your faith would not fail. This is a totally different prayer. This is, this is interesting. He's saying, I am praying for you, Peter, that you will have encouragement and you will endure and overcome. That's what I'm going to pray for you. I'm not going to pray that it's easy and you can just bypass this and live the easy life. I can just take the sickness away immediately or take the virus away immediately and you never have to fight in faith. No, he's saying, I'm going to pray that you endure and overcome, that your faith will not fail. I've always thought that, that was just so, so powerful that that's what Jesus chose to pray. So, I, I, listen, I don't know, but maybe we've been praying the wrong prayer. A lot of people have just been praying straight up, and it's fine. Pray, God, take this virus out. Take this, end this pandemic tomorrow. Just eradicate it. And if God does that, that's a sovereign move of, of his mercy and his grace, and that's powerful and great. But in the meantime, what if we started praying like Jesus prayed? What if God's goal through this process is that instead of Christians hoping and believers hoping that God would just erase all the problems and we could live the sweet life, what if he's trying to build in us a strength, a spiritual grit, and an endurance so that we can start fighting for the kingdom of God once again, and when this pandemic ends, we can go back to turning this world upside down for the kingdom of God. Somebody say, preach, preacher, because I'm preaching right now. That's what God is after, getting marriages back to Together, that you will stop fighting with each other and start fighting for each other. He's after you and your family to fight this fight of faith and help rise and raise these children up in the house of God. This is what God's going for. What if that's what he's after right now? That he wants us to endure and overcome because of a spiritual grit, a strength that only comes through the encouragement and endurance of Jesus. What if New Life Church, he wants a church filled with people that when we come back into this house of worship, you can't sit still. You can't stand there without worshiping, without letting it flow. You can't leave this place without raising your voice and glorifying God changing this tri-state for Jesus because a spiritual strength has been instilled, grown in us because instead of hiding through this quarantine, we got into the presence of God and we prayed and we were encouraged and our faith was built. And when we get through this thing, we're stronger than when we were when we started. That's the faith of God. That's what I believe God is after this spiritual grit, not today, Satan. Through this process, listen to me. Through this process, don't you, don't you dare doubt this. I'm going to write this in red so you can see it. You can grow. You can grow. You can grow in your faith. You can grow in your strength, in your emotions, in your heart, in your marriage, in your family, in in your calling, you can grow. God can grow you through this. God has a call on your life. And yes, things have been harder, but God, he can help you grow through this process. If you'll get in his presence, if you'll pray and let that encouragement and that faith come. And listen, why prayer is so powerful 
is because of Jesus. Prayer without Jesus isn't powerful. What makes prayer powerful is Jesus is actually praying on our behalf. And then he said, use my name and pray in my name, in the name of Jesus, where all the power is. And then prayer starts to be effective and change things. So I'm going to, along with praying, God, I want you to heal people. I want you to end this. I want you to also pray this, God, grow, help me to grow. Give me an encouragement through the joy and the hope of Jesus Christ, that if Jesus can overcome the cross, then I can overcome anything. If I place my faith in him, I can overcome, I can endure. So I pray for every person to be stronger in their heart, in their mind, in their faith, in their spirit, in their emotions. Strengthen our people, God. So that when we get th through this, we've got a spiritual grit and a tenacity that if the devil shows up, not today, Satan, we're going to smack him in the mouth. That's what I believe God is doing in our hearts, in our lives right now. You and I, we can grow. We can grow. Prayer moves God. Prayer changes things. We pray in faith. God will move. It's what he wants right now. Listen, wherever your marriage is, your finances are, wherever your life is at, you can grow. You can grow through this. Don't you doubt it for one second. Don't you doubt it for one moment. You can grow through this and God wants to work in your life. And I want God to breathe his encouragement into your life right now. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna ask everybody to bow your head, close your eyes in an act of faith and prayer right now. And I want you to really just really just open your heart to God and let him work in and through you right now. And I'm going to pray. First thing I'm going to pray for is if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you to make a commitment. They're going to ask you on Facebook or on uh, the online campus. They're going to ask you if you would like to commit and pray. And if you're comfortable with praying somebody, then do it. If not, then pray with me and then send us a message. Send me a message. Say, I prayed that prayer today. Send a friend of yours who comes to New Life a message. They'll get it to us because we want to help you get and started on this journey with the Lord. But if you need to make Jesus your Lord, you pray this prayer with me. Say this, say, Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you to forgive me for every sin, every mistake, every failure in my life. I turn from my old life a life of hopelessness, a life of, a life of fear, a life of pain, into a life of joy, a life of hope, a life of strength, and a life of purpose. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. You're my Lord, you're my Savior. I'll live for you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Now, if you just prayed that prayer, let someone know. Let someone know and welcome to the family of God. We're no ordinary family around here, but Jesus is your Lord. He is your Savior. Now, I also want to say this, and I'm going to end with this, the service. Romans 12, 12 says, Be joyful and hope and patient in affliction and faithful in prayer. And I share with you all a lot of stories. I'm very transparent, but there are a lot of things I don't share in my life because God's working on me, working through me. And so I don't want to share through that. I usually share after the fact and some things I keep to myself. But this is one thing that I wanted to share is that God is calling me and a lot of our church. He's calling us to another level of encouragement. And Romans 12, 12 is the scripture that he really listed to me. Be joyful and hope 
patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And God is calling us to raise that encouragement. And so I'm going to pray that you would be encouraged right now and that also you would turn around and encourage others. And don't wait until you're Superman to do it. You immediately start. Do good. Do it right away. Find somebody or something to encourage. And if you got nobody around you, encourage the cat, whatever. Get on Facebook and encourage somebody. Encourage a stranger. If they block you, encourage somebody else. But be an encourager and watch God start to move through this. Let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray over every person who has been listening to the lies of the enemy, who has been discouraged, filled with fear and hopelessness, doubting, fighting, but yet doubting. I pray that the encouragement of Almighty God would begin to grow in their heart, spread through their spirit, into their mind, out of their life, through the joy and the hope of Almighty God. Jesus, if you could endure the cross, then we can go through anything because we have the victory through you. So I pray for that encouragement to grow in every single believer's heart and life right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. All right, listen, I preached a full message to y'all today. Hope you didn't check out. If you did, you can come back and listen to the rest later. But I, I want you to know this is a significant teaching for not just our church, but I believe the body of Christ. And if we'll listen and apply and receive this word and, and be a doer of it, it'll start to change everything. We love you guys so, so very much. Don't forget, next Sunday at 11 a.m., drive-in service. Pray for great weather so we can do this thing. Family communion. Uh, be here on time so that we can get the service started. Um, we'll give you all the instructions later. We love you. We hope you have a great blessed day. Um, if you have any questions at all, nlcwv.com. God bless. Have a great day.